Well, good morning. Burke said I'm just supposed to stay over here today. So, <laughs> um, I'm listening, Burke. One of us is anyway. Um, glad you're here this morning. Um, today we're beginning and kicking off our new um, signups for groups. And so those are in the pews in front of you with a catalog. We would love for you to be connected and part of a group and growing in community. And so that sign-up is going to run through the end of this month, and we'll begin groups in February. And that will run through April, I believe. Is that through April? Yeah. So run through April. Um, we would love for you to be a part of a group. So last week we began a new series called Sacred Rhythms. And one of the things in this series that I really want to try to do is actually spend a little bit of time practicing some of these rhythms. Because for so long we've talked about these rhythms in church, you need to read and you need to pray and you need to sit in the Word and so many things like that, but we don't really stop and work on and think about how do we do this and how does this carry over into our everyday life. And the reason these rhythms are important is because sacred rhythms... There we go. Sacred rhythms form us for life and our experiences. They prepare us to walk through difficult times. They prepare us for everyday life. And so these rhythms are so important. And we said, here's what a rhythm is, right? Not just that I don't have rhythm, but truly a strong, regular, repeated pattern of movement or sound. A strong, regular, repeated pattern that we practice in our life, that's a part of who we are, that's a part of our day. And and the reason it's so important is because it shapes who we are. It shapes us as followers of Jesus. Now, here's the thing. When we talk about prayer, every single one of you pray. Whether you have been in church, you've grown up, whether you're new to it, whether you don't believe in God, I would imagine you pray. Because all of us have walked into a teacher's class, and she said, hey, we're going to have a pop quiz today on the work that you were supposed to be doing. Or you've been stuck in traffic, and you're late, and you're praying, God, God, please allow this to open up. Please help. Or maybe it's for a loved one. Maybe a loved one is hurting or in pain, and we don't know what else to do because it seems completely out of our hands. And so we start to beg God, God, we need you to show up. And so through this series, and especially today as we talk about prayer, whether you're new and you've never really thought much about prayer other than those prayers we just throw out in haste, and not, not saying that those are bad, right? or maybe you're at a point where you're struggling with prayer and not really sure how to make that a rhythm. I'm not sure what to do. I sit down and I don't know what to do. Or, or maybe that yours just kind of needs a kickstart or a refresh of what your prayer life looks like as you commune with God. Because so many times, I think we have this perception that the the purpose of prayer is getting God to do what we want. 
We're going to pray and we're going to ask God to do this. And it's almost as if every day our prayer list is consisting of just a to-do list for God. God, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. I need you to heal this person. I need you to help me with this job. I need you to... And so many times it's this list of things that we need God to do. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of depth to that. There's not a lot of spiritual formation that happens in that. And as I said just a minute, it's not that those are bad. Because those should be a part of our prayer life. But it shouldn't be the totality of our prayer life. That shouldn't be it. And so many times when we talk about that, I think that's where people kind of go, well, I don't know what else to do. And the problem is we've never really taught people how to pray. We've talked about the importance of prayer. But very rarely do we stop and say, well, here is how you pray. Here's how we practice prayer. Here's how we develop that rhythm. And part of developing that rhythm comes from reforming and reshaping what we think the purpose of prayer is. The primary purpose of prayer is that we would be properly formed. That it would form us as the people of God. That it would help move us in a direction where we're moving closer and closer to alignment with Jesus. Where we're allowing His Spirit to work in our life and to shape us and change us. In John chapter 15, as Jesus is really kind of beginning this, this section where He's starting to pray for people. He says this, he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. And He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, now listen to this, apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Verse 8. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. And so it has this, this pruning. And I don't know about you, but I kind of grew up in the city, and I don't know a whole lot about pruning. The only experience I have at all with pruning was kind of by accident. Um, When we lived in Cleburne, we had a pecan tree in our front yard. And I was kind of thankful um, because our pecan tree didn't really produce pecans. And so I didn't really have to go pick pecans. It was kind of nice. But our, our tree, after three or four years, was starting to look really, really bad. And so instead of paying someone, I went to, to Lowe's and bought all the, the equipment, the chainsaws and stuff, and uh, had no clue what I was doing. Um, I was just chopping away dead branches on this tree. And um, 
I finally get to this point where I get it all done and cleaned up and thrown away. And the most amazing thing happened that next year. We had pecans. We had an abundance of pecans. And it was terrible because I was out there picking them up by hand. And one of my neighbors comes up to me and goes, well, you don't have a pecan picker? And I said, well, no, I didn't know they make those. I said, well, you not had pecan? Well, I said, we had a pecan tree growing up, but I had a pecan, we had a pecan picker. It was me. My dad said, go pick the pecans. And I went and picked up the pecans. And so the next day, he shows up at our house with this pecan picker that you just pick them all up. And it, it was pretty nice. But I, I say that because I, walked across, I, I came across this just by accident. I had no idea what cutting back the dead branches was going to do for that tree. I had no idea. And all of a sudden, it was bearing, not fruit, but pecans in an abundance. And, and so I think one of the things that prayer does for us is it prunes us and it forms us and it shapes us with a specific purpose in it. That the purpose is it's trying to align it is the pursuit of aligning our heart with the will of God. It is this pursuit of aligning our heart with the will of God. That, that we're trying to change and transform. And I think that's why Jesus says so often, like, ask and I'm going to give it to you. Because as we're formed and shaped in prayer, it begins to change the things that we're actually praying for. And all of a sudden, it's not just simply, God, I need you to help me on this test that I didn't study for. But it starts to align our lives with a kingdom vision. And if you ever wondered if it was about something else, the, the Pharisees had this practice of trying to make it about something else. Right? Before Jesus shares with us, this is how you should pray. He talks about some people who struggle with notoriety. And he says, when you fast, don't, don't make yourself look like you're fasting so that everyone would see and say, oh, look how spiritual this person is. Or when you pray, don't go stand out in the streets and do it so that everyone sees you and they can say, wow, look how spiritual they are. When you give, don't, don't make a big scene. We do it in secret. The, the thing Jesus is talking about is the motives behind it matter. Why you're doing it matters. Because, and I'll, let me just be really honest. If you struggle with your faith and your walk with Christ and you come to church and it discourages you, my guess is it's because you see people and you look and you say, wow, look how spiritual they are. Look how they have it all together. Let me just, let me just tell you, if that's you, and you struggle with it, most of us, if not all of us, don't have it together as much as we make it appear. And I'll just tell you personally, there was a time several years ago, I felt like I was in a place with prayer where I was like, man, I, I feel like I'm in this great place and I, I know how to pray. In the last couple of years for me, Prayer has been a struggle. It's been difficult. Where my mind wanders 
and I'll start praying, God, I, I, I'm so thankful to be in your presence today and help me. I've got to remember to get milk on the way home. And I don't know, maybe, maybe you're there. Maybe you're there. Maybe it's a struggle. But my hope is today we can help to form and shape what that life looks like. And so this morning as we take communion together, we're going to do something really similar to last week. where We're going to listen to the Word as it's read over us. It's going to be the same passage, and we're going to have three different readings. Okay? Last week we finished the, the second reading. We took the, the juice, and everyone got up and threw your cups away. I want you to just kind of hang in there for today. Um, because we're going to read Psalm 23 and just allow you to listen as we take each element. And just a time to think about this Father, this God who is our shepherd and who gives us so many good things. So the question, how does prayer properly form us? How does prayer shape who we are. The story of Jacob and Esau is a story of twins. These boys, one Esau, came out first. Jacob, his brother, came out second, grasping his heel. That's what his name means in Hebrew. Heel grabber, deceiver, smooth talker, people user. And he comes out, and this almost sibling rivalry begins as his father loves Esau more, and yet his mother loves Jacob more. And it results in this rivalry that culminates with this question that Jacob was just asked by an angel. What is your name? But it wasn't the angel that asked him that question the first time. The first time he was asked, What is your name? It was by his father Isaac. And he said, What is your name? And he said, I am Esau, your firstborn. One of our very first encounters with Jacob, he is pretending to be someone he is not. His mother has sent him in to steal the blessing, the birthright of his brother. And when he finds out, when Esau finds out what it is that Jacob has done, he is furious. And he vows that day, the next time I see him, I will kill him. Twenty years pass. And then Jacob gets word that Esau, his brother, is coming to meet him. And so Jacob begins to devise a plan. He's going to divide his property. He's going to send people in waves. They're, if his brother attacks, at least some may be spared. And they're going to go and they're going to offer gifts and hopefully appease his brother. And the night before this meeting comes, Jacob sends his family across the river. And he stays by himself at night. And in the middle of the night, 
someone sneaks up behind Jacob and grabs him and throws him to the ground and begins wrestling. And if you're listening to the story, you know who it is. This is Esau. He's come to get his revenge. But as he wrestles and as he fights, he realizes he's not hairy. He's not hairy like my brother. And this match goes on all night. Until finally, as the day begins to dawn, touches his hip and is dislocated. And is in excruciating pain. As the sun rises and he begins the journey to meet his brother. If you read most ancient rabbis, they say that morning, they believe that Esau set out to kill his brother Jacob. But there he is coming over the horizon. But he's not running. He's not walking smoothly. Now he's walking with a limp. He's been hurt. He's been changed. He's been broken. You see, the night before, as this angel asked him the question again, what is your name? It seems like Jacob has finally come to terms with who he is. The first time he's asked, I am Esau. Now, I am Jacob. And maybe irony of ironies, right after he confesses, this is my name, I am Jacob, the angel then changes his name. It's almost like, now that you've got that right, now that you know who you are, now you can become who I want you to be. But it took a night of wrestling with God, a night of being transformed and changed and broken and blessed to be turned into a new man. To be changed. Which is the purpose of prayer. That we would be transformed. That we would be changed. That it would begin to align our hearts with the heart of the Father. That the things we're asking for, the things that we're praying for, are the things that God wants. Because remember last week we said, what's the greatest longing of your soul? What's the greatest longing of your soul? It, it's to be right with God, and it's to be right with other people. I think that's why Jesus says those are the greatest commandments. Because that is what our soul longs for. And as Jacob begins that journey this next day, he's got one thing on his mind. Reconciliation. Making things right. And my guess is the only reason that can happen is because God has changed and transformed Jacob. And see, here's the thing. With reconciliation with making things right so that we live in peace and harmony with other people, that does not come naturally to us. Jesus says to love your enemies. That does not come natural. That's not easy to do. 
It's not easy to pray for those who persecute you. That comes from transformation. And so how is it that prayer transforms us? How is it that it forms us? Because here's here's some things that I've noticed about prayer. Anxious people pray anxious prayers. Angry people pray angry prayers. Arrogant people pray arrogant prayers. And I think I can say that because I've been all three of those places. I have been the one who was anxious and praying these anxious prayers and angry and praying angry prayers or arrogant and praying arrogant prayers. But how do we let prayer form and shape us? As I said, most of you have grown up um, not really learning how to pray. Just maybe being told that you should pray and feeling guilty if you don't or you don't pray well. And so as my prayer journey developed, I went to a friend, a mentor who's much older than me, and I said, Here, here's my problem, and I, I struggle with prayer. And he introduced me to something called liturgy. And for me, it was one of those things like I had heard about from other traditions and thought, oh, I don't, I don't really know about that. Um, because our tribe is non-liturgical. We don't typically talk about liturgy. And so it was a word I was very leery of. But liturgy simply means the work of the people. It, it means the work of the people. This collection of people putting together prayer in its simplest form. And so if you were to ask me to tell about my prayer life today, I pray a lot of Scripture. I pray a lot of prayers from believers who have been around for centuries and centuries and centuries. I pray a lot from the heart. Just things that flow out. And as God is transforming and changing who I am, the things that I am praying for are changing. Reading Scripture, singing, sitting with Jesus are all parts of my prayer life today. See, and I would say you don't have to pray like I do. But you do need to learn to pray. Because prayer, the primary purpose is to properly form us. In the back there and in the connection center, and then there's a QR code on the screen, are some prayer liturgies that I put together. There's one that's a little shorter, and it's basically just the words of Jesus, prayers of Jesus. Um, There's one that's just entirely built off of Scripture, and then there's one that I put together that's kind of some prayers that have meant something to me over the years, mixed with Scripture. And um, they're free to you. And I know I, when I handed these out in 2017 um, for the very first time, I know there are still some of you that have them in your Bibles because you'll show them to me on occasion. And, and the reason that I would say begin here is because so many times we don't know where to begin. And what a liturgy would do was just kind of help guide you through the prayers. For, for instance, if you're beginning in English, you don't start students with Shakespeare. You begin with the ABCs so that you can learn the language. And you build up to that over time. And I like to think of a liturgy as simply like scaffolding 
for my prayer life. It's form, it's structure to help. And, and the, the one pushback I always hear from people about liturgy is, well, it's dead. No, it's not. It's words. Words are neither dead nor alive. It is the heart of the person who is praying them that is dead or alive. And so, if really, if you think about it, what we did with Psalm 23 this morning was a liturgy. We listened to God's Word and allow that to form our prayer. We're going to kind of walk through another liturgy this morning. As I said, I wanted to kind of practice with you and just spending a few minutes with a prayer that Jesus prayed as He was teaching His disciples to pray. Not saying, hey, here's how you should pray. You should pray these same words every single time. But again, they can be scaffolding. They can be form that help to build our prayer life. And so I want to just ask you as we kind of wrap up this morning, um, if you would like to stand, stand. If you would like to sit, sit. If you would like to, to kneel, kneel. And I'm going to pray this prayer through two times. Okay? And I want you just to listen as we pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy, righteous, magnificent be your name. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of your glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is full of your glory. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your government come. Your law be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your rule and reign come. Your grace be given on earth as it is in heaven. May we, Your people, Father, the people called by Your name, the people changed and transformed by You. May we bring the heaven that You have created to earth. May we bring Your rule and reign. May we be Your priests. May we represent You well. May people know what God is like through our life.
Give us today our daily bread. Give us what we need for today to sustain us. Father, we don't ask that very often because we have it all taken care of. We have groceries for the week. We have cars. We have clothes. All of our needs are met. Father, remind us that man does not live on bread alone. That you clothe the grass of the field, the flowers. You take care of the birds. And Father, we're so much more valuable to you than they are. So Father, we trust you today to give us what we need. But Father, more than that, change and shape what it is that we think we need. Father, forgive us our debts. There are so many. Far too many to count. For the times that we're angry, for the times that we lose our temper, for the times that we're impatient. Father, for the times that we're greedy. For the times that we don't trust. For the times that we want to do things our own way to the times we think there's a better way. Father, forgive us. Forgive us when we try to create our kingdom. In hopes that it would surpass yours. And Father, help us to forgive those who have hurt us. It might be the most difficult thing you ask us to do. To forgive when we've truly been hurt and we've truly been wounded. But Father, that is our prayer. That is our plea. Father, help us to forgive. Change us. And that does not happen unless you, through the power of your Spirit at work in our life, change and transform who we are. And Father, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The one who is like a roaring lion. The one who is looking for someone to devour. Father, keep him at bay. And Father, we know that you have already defeated him. That sin and death do not get the last word. But Father, so many times they break into the ugliness of this world. And Father, cause us to lose hope. But Father, remind us today that You are the victor. That You stand alone. You are God. You are King. And Father, we submit our life to You. And so Father, together as the people of God, we humbly pray this in the name of Jesus, our Savior and King. Amen. So as I said, I don't know if that will help you or not. But those are there. They're at the back of the auditorium. Pick one up. Go online. Download them. If it's helpful, use it. If it's not, don't worry about it. Do what you're doing. That's fine. But as I said, my hope is to help teach you to develop this depth in our prayer life that's transforming and changing who we are. If we could help you this morning, we're going to have our shepherds, their spouses in the back of the auditorium. 
Um, if we could pray for you, if you've never given your life to Christ and surrendered to Him, um, today would be a great day to do that as well. Whatever we could do to help you as we worship together.